Welcome to Sasquatch Ate My Baby, episode 17. The soup of the day is kimchi gook. If that's how you say it right. Uh, I am Dave, this is Katie. I don't like kimchi unless it's the drag queen. You don't like kimchi? No, it's yucky. But I love kimchi the drag queen. I don't know who that is, but I'm... I don't like that you don't like kimchi. <laughs> I also don't like that this wire is touching me. Let's agree to disagree. <laughs> about Hello. the wire? <laughs> about the wire. <laughs> Today's topic, the world famous D.B. Cooper. Yay. You talk and I'm going to figure out this wire. <laughs> okay, well, we have some Bigfoot news to discuss. Which will be old news by the time this airs, because um, today is July 30th. I was going to say 1999. <laughs> 2018. <laughs> Why 1999? I don't know. It's I like that year. Okay. You like that year. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good year. Uh, simpler then. So... Uh, Leslie, Leslie Cockburn, a Democratic candidate um, in a hotly contested U.S. House race in Virginia, has accused her Republican opponent, Denver Riggleman, um, of being of supporting white supremacists and also of liking Bigfoot porn. <laughs> <laughs> wow. In a tweet, Leslie Cockburn um, posts a picture uh, taken, a screenshot taken from Denver Riggleman's Instagram page, and with the caption, "My opponent, Denver Riggleman, running mate of Corey Stewart, was caught on camera campaigning with a white supremacist. Now he has been exposed as a devotee of Bigfoot erotica. This is not what we need on Capitol Hill." And then the photo is like a sketch drawing of Bigfoot with some muscular abs and a censored dingling. And then that's the- Bigfoot porn. A picture, a dr- like a pencil drawing of. Bigs, Bigfoot with a cock? Yeah. Well, not even a cock. It's censored. But there is a real picture with the cock somewhere. I hope so. <laughs> when you first brought this up, I thought it was going to be like Bigfoot, a guy in a costume fucking a chick as Bigfoot. That that probably exists. <laughs> it better exists. Uh, uh, the caption of the original Instagram post says, cover art for hashtag mating habits of Bigfoot. Almost complete. I hide nothing in this magnificent tome. Don't erase the sensor box. <laughs> so I'm. What a interesting person. Do you think that this affects him in his political campaign, the Bigfoot? Not erotica? in the slightest. No, maybe no. the white supremacist stuff does. That would, a that would bit. probably do something. Yeah. Yeah, but you could take a picture of anyone standing beside a white supremacist and say that they're campaigning with. Oh, so you're saying he's not even a white supremacist? Oh, I don't even know. I don't mm. know what the context of that video is. Mm. But I'm saying you could. Fuck. I feel like she's grasping for straws here. For sure. Mm-hmm. And not that I support and Cockburn I, or Riggleman. I guarantee every politician has some weird porn fetish. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. How do you think Bigfoot erotica would go, though? Like if it, it would just was. be... A couple of girls camping in the forest, and then Bigfoot would come out, or Big Cock, they'd probably call him in that <laughs> show. <laughs> You're thinking straight up porn, though. She describes yeah. this as erotica. What's the difference? Erotica is more like sensual and usually in written form. There's no Sasquatch written. sensual porn. I bet you if we looked up Bigfoot erotica, we could find something. It, it has to be written then. 
you know as soon as you put it on camera bigfoot has to fuck the shit out of somebody yeah he's bigfoot that's true i think it would be uh what if bigfoot was a lady it could be bigfoot okay. lady this yeah. this is the erotica that i'm dreaming up for fanfic <laughs> so there are you gonna write it it could be like bonus material for somebody Sure. If we ever start a pa- uh, Patreon, I'm going to write some Bigfoot erotica and I'm going to read it. <laughs> on air? On air. In right. a very sensual tone. And we'll put it up there. That's creepy. Okay, <laughs> so this is the plot. So All there's right. a man. Uh, he's getting away from his his uh, city slicker lifestyle for the weekend. He goes okay. up camping alone. Uh, mm-hmm. He used to be a Boy Scout probably. Maybe got diddled by a scout leader at some point. Uh, no, you can't add that in there. That just makes you sad. He has to have a backstory. Yeah, can it? But that's really sad. Can it just be like, right, oh, this, this guy hates his sexy. job? Yeah, yeah, this guy hates his job. Ugh, and his wife's a nag. Because it's not. Oh, he's married. Yeah, it's married. This isn't. Uh, this isn't the the Harlequin where there's no cheating rule. Right. So he's married. All he right. goes up. He's sleeping in his tent, and he starts to hear some noises. And he goes down to the river and he sees Lady Bigfoot bathing herself and caressing her lady genitalia. <laughs> he Don't watches. give too much away. This is bonus <laughs> material. <laughs> anyway, some stuff happens. She takes him back to his cave. <laughs> or her cave. Her cave. <laughs> uh, does she get pregnant? <laughs> uh, is that even possible? Yeah, it might be like a donkey and a horse making a mule. <laughs> so this thing can't breed then? A mule the, can't the, breed? The baby that comes from it? Yeah. I don't know. That's Probably not re- it's I not really I don't, relevant. I don't think so. It's not relevant to the story. Because <laughs> most crossbreeding um, animals whose offspring yeah. um, are able to come, the offspring are usually unable to reproduce themselves. Unless it's like they're really so close in genetics yes. that they create like another lineage like the yeah. way that humans and so mules other ligers. lineages of humans because <laughs> yeah. like humans and neanderthal neanderthals at some point yeah they interbred for yeah. sure i'm definitely part neanderthal it, clearly yeah <laughs> <laughs> and that was katie's science corner <laughs> can bigfoot and human make a baby all right i, had to, I have to tell and you who's something. gonna eat that baby <laughs> Oh, yeah. I forgot about eating babies. <laughs> so I was watching Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee. Oh, I haven't watched that yet. It's good. I was just watching was it. Ellen's on it, right? Yeah, she's on an episode. Yeah, I haven't I'm, watched that one. I'm excited for that one. I really like Ellen. I don't know anything about her. I listened to her Dak Shepard episode, and I just had a new respect for her. Because she wasn't the person that she is on TV, probably. Um, I just found more about like her history and where she came from because he like really dives into people's pasts. Oh, that's good. Yeah, and I was like, Ellen just is a great person, and I've heard her stand up's good. Yeah, but shocks people because they're thinking that she's going to be Ellen from TV. But that's obviously TV. <laughs> but anyway, Aziz Ansari was on it. Oh, yeah, I like and him too. Uh, I guess he was on tour because he had a tour bus. And there's always in a car, right, that they're driving. Were they driving the tour bus? So Jerry's driving this tour bus. (laughs) 
and it made me feel really good about myself because there was one thing that I'm better at than Jerry Seinfeld's, <laughs> and it's driving a bus. A bus. <laughs> <laughs> you hear that, Jerry Seinfeld? Dave White challenges you to a bus driving contest. No, no contest. He was <laughs> jumping curbs and shit. Oh, shit. <laughs> I would wreck him. Would you challenge Jay Leno to a bus driving contest? Yep. Okay. Yeah, he's he's better with fancy cars. I'm going to challenge him to a truck driving contest just to bring up the challenge. Okay. Because buses are really easy to drive. Throw a trailer on there. Throw things on Oh, like a truck truck. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't trust any of those people. With <laughs> <laughs> I bet Leno could do it, but I think I could do it better. Yeah. Cool. That's all I had to say. I just felt a little better about myself today. Aw. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's about it. Sweet. So, should we dive into yeah. GV's wild past? There's no other uh, shopkeeping? Oh, shit. Yeah, there is. There is? We should think of a word for, like, things that we have to say. <laughs> <laughs> what would that word be? Like, these are our daily minutes, but not lame like that, like we're on student council. <laughs> <laughs> well, we need to make a retraction. Oh, really? Why? Because I was told by a listener. Oh, no. That you made a huge mistake. What did I say? On an episode two weeks ago. What was it? <laughs> ah! It was uh, Megan Merkel. That's yeah. her name. Yeah. You said she was Canadian. Oh, she's not? She's from Toronto. She is American. Oh. She like grew up in California or something. Then why did she live in Toronto? Because people like Toronto. Mm, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Toronto, but you smell. But there is the retraction, and we apologize to everybody uh, for misleading them on the origins of Meghan Markle. Do you want to give credit to the listener? Or? Jordan. Oh, cool. <laughs> Why does he know that? <laughs> uh, I don't know. <laughs> Never asked. <laughs> He's probably jerking off to her one day or something. Well, then. Interesting. <laughs> so, yeah. We apologize Meghan to the Markle. American listeners. Well, you know what? I'm less heartbroken for now that she's an American. She asked for this. I'm sad she's not Canadian. Hmm. We were going to take over. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Cooper, DB, Dan. Dan, yeah. You want me to start? After you, champ. Okay, well, let's borrow from Second Impressions for a second. Okay. Shout out. Check out that podcast. What up, Second Impressions podcast? Yeah. Um, what was your first impression of DB Cooper before doing this research? How do you mean? Like, like, what did you know of? What did oh, what you did think I of think the situation? Was, well, I knew we hijacked a plane. Mm -hmm. I knew it was for $200,000. Mm -hmm. And uh, I assumed he uh, died jumping out of it. Interesting. Yeah. And you? Um, I knew that he hijacked a plane. Mm -hmm. I knew that he wore sunglasses and a dark suit. Okay. Um, And then everything else I knew was from Without a Paddle. <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah, yeah. <laughs> speaking of uh dak shepherd right that yeah in that. so <laughs> by the way i after i finished my research last night i went on to itunes and it was like because without a paddle is not on netflix 
Okay. Yeah, and uh, we've discussed in a previous episode where Dak Shepard said that originally him and Seth Green were ashamed of the movie. Yeah. Um, and then they realized like that it was actually like a cult classic for so many people, which included me. Yes. <laughs> um. And so yeah, I went onto iTunes because it was on Netflix, and I don't have it. And I had the option to rent it for four ninety nine or buy it for twelve ninety nine. You bought it on iTunes for twelve. I bought it on iTunes for twelve ninety nine. You should have just went to Amazon and bought it for like three bucks and got a DVD. Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> well, I also don't like having physical copies of DVDs. How do you not like having a physical copy? It's t- it takes up too much space. I've moved so many times. But like, if you don't have an iPhone or an, uh, you don't even have an iMac, but is an iMac a thing anymore? Yeah, but you can still watch it via iTunes on your computer or your That's phone true. or on your iPad. What like, if what if Apple goes out of business? Apple <laughs> better never go out. Of, and you know what? Then my twelve ninety nine was worth it. I mean, I don't know what I'm saying. I've bought several things from Apple. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the last time that I moved, um, I actually put all of my dvds that i did have because i have a lot of dvds and i was tired of like hauling three boxes and all my vhs's are like in boxes in my parents attics because i don't even have no (laughs) i have 16 (laughs) candles like an original (laughs) um yeah so i throw out all the dvd cases or put them in a box and put them in storage or something like that Mm -hmm. and now they're just in like a dvd sleeve and then the last time that i moved i didn't even move them into my new house they're just in storage (laughs) Because the only time I'd ever, like, put them on is, like, that I had a guy over and I had a roommate and I didn't want him to hear anything. <laughs> so I pretend we're watching a movie in my room. Smart. Yeah. And now I live with my boyfriend, so I don't have to pretend. <laughs> don't come in here, Michael. Me and a friend are watching a movie. <laughs> This chair is too loud for the podcast. You need a new chair. You need a new chair. That thing's useless. A pink one. Listeners, if you want to get me a pink chair. Yeah, anyway, so from Without a Paddle, which is a movie about four friends that as children were like super into D.B. Cooper and camping and wanted to find D.B. Cooper's treasure. One of the friends passes away. The other three are brought together by that, realize the other friend had calculated where D.B. had possibly landed. Yeah. And then embark on a camping trip that has so many hijinks. So many hijinks. <laughs> and you know what? That it movie involves still... Harry downstairs and yeah. <laughs> angry men with guns. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I also realized, because like, I, I do love Jax, uh, D- Jax, Dax Shepard and Kristen Bell. Like, I love, love Kristen Bell like, a lot. Like I know you do. Yeah. So Veronica Mars. Yeah. Yeah. And like, she's just so pretty and amazing and incredible. And I just like Dax Shepard, but I think that I have a crush on young Dax Shepard, <laughs> at least from that movie. Cause it's the part at the beginning where he's with the girl and he flips her over and he's hot. Not current day Dax Shepard. Uh, he, well, I think cause I mostly just like, I've always seen him in current day. And back then I, didn't really pay much attention other than that movie in current day i see him as kristen bell's husband and you would never betray her i would never betray her <laughs> um but they those two though they both are very open about and talk about uh they have um hall passes oh really in their relationship that they go for that's a bold move mm-hmm. that is a bold move so 
but hey yeah if you're but, famous that's yeah, what happens i guess they and they're very open where that yes if dax had a, ch- a chance to be with jennifer lopez mm-hmm. uh i think that's one on his that um chris would be okay with it so it's only for famous people like he couldn't just go get a random chick from a bar no it has to be like a hall pass person i thought a hall pass was just you're allowed to bang somebody you're allowed to bang someone, but you have to have you specific have to have people on your list. Okay. Yeah. And I I think I know Kristen's more because Dax talks about it a lot on his, <laughs> his podcast. And he's like super proud of like the variety that she's into. <laughs> All the different races, shapes, yeah. and size. Yeah. If, if Michael ever lets me have a hall pass, I'll put Dax Shepard on there. <laughs> you hear that, Dax? <laughs> Dax. Dax. I thought it was Dax. And I'll put I'll put Kristen on there too. <laughs> uh, if you mean if you get one, you'll get both. <laughs> yeah. Um I'm also have another person that I'm thirsty for now. <laughs> thirsty for. So there I watched this video of a pilot uh in the Congo or the Democratic Republic of Congo or whatever it's called right now. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Things change. <laughs> yeah. um, but he was rescuing a baby chimp from poachers. Okay. And rather than caging the chimp, because um, I think he works for like the wildlife thing. I would whatever. assume, yeah. And rather than caging the chimp, he let the chimp sit on his lap and just like play with things. And the chimp was just so calm and just wanting to touch things and. Uh, it was just while really, he was flying a plane. Well, he's, he wasn't like touching buttons and stuff. Okay, but, he yeah. was, but he was like looking at and it. Was literally as if a toddler was sitting on his l- lap as he's flying this plane, like looking out and just in complete wonderment. And then yeah. he, and then he was also a very attractive man. <laughs> so I found his name through National Geographic, <laughs> and then went and followed him on Instagram on both our account and mine. <laughs> so he's so, my third hall pass. <laughs> is is he famous enough to count though? He's hot enough to count. <laughs> and I found out he was in a plane cra- uh, crash last year, and he got really bloodied up and nasty. But he's fine now? Yeah, still oh, hot. Thank goodness. <laughs> <laughs> and plus, he saves chimpanzees. Like, Isn't there uh, There was a show about that? Mm, probably. BJ and the bear. <laughs> the trucker with the chimp. <laughs> That's not where I thought you were going with that. <laughs> Same thing though. <laughs> which one was BJ and which one was the bear? I don't know. We'll have to watch it. But yeah. I've never seen it. I would totally go back and get my master's and become a primatologist to meet this man. Fuck you, podcast. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. So oh, that. yeah. DB Cooper. DB Cooper. <laughs> Less people. So the case. actual story of DB Cooper is he hijacked a plane. Mm hmm. Uh, ransomed it for two hundred thousand dollars and yeah. so they landed in seattle mm-hmm. that's just a real quick overview okay they but gave let's him the do money a longer overview. <laughs> <laughs> gave him the money he took off and he bailed okay so you do a longer one now <laughs> thanks dave <laughs> november 24th 1971 yes i like boeing 727 <laughs> <laughs> facts okay so uh november 24th portland to seattle <laughs> 1971 a nondescript man in his mid 40s to early 50s mm-hmm. wearing a raincoat a suit a clip-on tie loafers loafers a mother that's of what drives pearl, me nuts um tie pin and carrying a briefcase 
um, boarded the Boeing 747, as Dave said. Nailed it. Uh, flight 305 um, in Portland, Oregon. He had purchased a one-way ticket from Northwest Orient Airlines. Um, and, paid in cash. And paid in cash, yes. Seat 18C. And, <laughs> and signed his name, Dan Cooper. Dan Cooper. Mm-hmm. He also smoked Rayleigh cigarettes. Oh, I didn't get that part. Mm-hmm. Um, on the flight, uh, after takeoff around 3 p.m., he, oh, wait, hold on. He, on the flight in 18C, he ordered a bourbon and soda. Good call. Mm-hmm. While he waited. Um, after takeoff around 3 p.m., he handed the flight attendant, uh, Florence or Flo Schaffner, a note stating he had a bomb and showed her the wires and red dynamite sticks. But hold on. I like that when he handed her the note, mm-hmm. she thought it was just a creepy old man's <laughs> phone number, so she put it in her purse. And he's like, Miss, you should read that note because I have a bomb. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, hold up here. <laughs> Can you imagine being that person that was like, oh, thank you. Um, But I have a boyfriend. Like, bitch, I have a bomb. (laughs) Yeah. That was a big part of the story that I really enjoyed. So throughout the flight and throughout the entire ordeal, he was described as calm, cool, um, collected, as well as nice and not harmful. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Like you said, uh, when we land, get the crew a meal. Mm-hmm. Like, if you guys want to eat, eat. We got time. Oh, did he say that? I didn't find that. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> they didn't. Oh, okay. They're just like, let's just get this over with. <laughs> I would have been like, uh, yes, please. <laughs> um, I would like my mom to come. I would like her to make some roast beef and some yolk sa- just Yorkshire pudding. In flight meal. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Can we get some Arby's up on this bitch? <laughs> Was Arby's a thing in 71? Probably. Probably. All fast food was the thing in 71. <laughs> That's all they ate. Um, Cocaine he, and fast food. He was described also, uh, I guess we should get back to the description because I didn't say that. Um, right. And it's important later for other things. Um, between being 5'9 and 6 feet tall with ra- wavy brown and black hair. Boom. Or black hair, not end. Not uh, both. And I'd just like to point out $200,000. Um, well, the calculation I have was from 2017. Mm-hmm. It's worth $1,210,000. Mm. That's a good chunk of change. That's a good chunk of change, yeah. Um, wow. Oops. That's a ambitious amount. Yeah. When you think $200,000 now, it's like, yeah, whatever. We have that. We don't <laughs> have that. <laughs> Maybe one day. Um... So, yeah, he exchanged the passengers for the 200000 Uh The plane then headed south to Mexico City with the crew, where he demanded they fly no higher than 10,000 feet and at the um, slowest speed possible for the plane to Yeah, they had fly. the... Uh, Do you know how fast it was? Um, no, I don't, but oh. hold on. I got something about it. They left the landing gear open, so that slowed them down a lot. Oh, that's smart. And uh, the... The flaps were at a certain degree to slow them down, too. Mm. So they're like, if we do this with all this shit like this, we're going to have to land and refuel because we're not going to make it that far. Yeah, which is the Nevada Which didn't stuff. make it. Yeah. Didn't even matter. Um, That was probably a really good pilot. Why? Well, because he did all that fancy stuff and... 
I mean, it's just, I mean, he I think it's just flying slower. Oh. I mean, I'm not a pilot, so maybe. <laughs> but there was that one pilot who landed a plane upside down. So. Okay, so between Seattle and uh, Reno, where they were going to refuel, uh, the while the crew was at the front, the hatch i don't know what's the back side of a bo- uh, boat <laughs> a plane called uh uh wait what do you mean the hatch that he jumped from was re- re- was released and um oh that's another good point mm-hmm. he was able to do that because he told them they had to leave the cabin unpressurized yes so you could open the door and shit wouldn't go crazy yeah so i guess he just opened a door or a hatch like you said okay yeah, yeah. For some reason, I was picturing it like in one of those military movies where like the backside starts <laughs> yeah. like going down and then a team of six people with guns start walking out onto the tarmac. <laughs> the tarmac. I don't know. That's a plain term, is it? I was. Yeah, but I was thinking they were about to jump out, like skydive out. You wouldn't walk onto a tarmac then. But yeah, you're landing. Yeah, but, that, but landed, like, you know yes. how like I'm sure that can open in midair too, though. And like, yeah, you know how can. sometimes like, how they that jump happens out. and then there's like a fight scene out there and one guy's like shooting and the other guy's going to fall off. And then they're like hanging by a thread and the other guy stomps on his fingers and then he goes down. Yep. I've seen all eight of those movies. <laughs> <laughs> cool. <laughs> but yeah, they open the hatch or door and he uh, jumped out at an unknown time. Mm-hmm. Into a wooded area. Yeah. The only thing he left behind was his clip-on tie with trace amounts of saliva. Um, Which is huge. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, he So he was given four parachutes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Two of them were reserve parachutes. One was a sport parachute. Um, one was just a shittier parachute. And one of the reserve parachutes was actually a dummy one, and it was sewn shut. Which he didn't notice. Mm-hmm. Which an experienced diver would. Yeah, which more stuff will come back to Mm -hmm. He also requested civilian shoots, not military style. Mm -hmm. And it's speculated the reason why he suggested or requested four was because um, he wanted to mislead them into thinking that he was going to take some of the crew with him and it would uh, prevent sabotage. Yes, exactly. Which is actually quite brilliant. (laughs) It's really, it's a really good plan. Yeah. Okay. Well, kind of because there was 200 mile hour wind. Yeah. And when he jumped, and it was raining. Our girl. And it was the middle of winter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Our girl Flo with a boyfriend. Um, she said that DB seemed familiar with the train, um, as when they were cir- circulating, circular. Circling. Were, circling. Thank you. <laughs> you were, uh, we were right there. <laughs> Washington, uh, waiting to do their first land to get rid of the, um, passengers. Yeah. He looked down. Um, out of the plane stating that it looks like Tacoma down there and mentioned the distance of a nearby Air Force base or the distance of a nearby Air Force base. Mm. Mm-hmm. Clever man. Yeah. So, Dave, how did he get the name D.B. Cooper? Fake news. Fake news. <laughs> the fucking media. Yeah. <laughs> um. yeah, they... Uh, I don't know which thing did it, but somebody accidentally wrote or said db cooper mm-hmm. instead of dan and yeah. they fucked everything up db's a, a lot cooler though for sure it is yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the majority of my research was going over suspects and some theories and yeah mine there's so much i know so i had a really good time and i definitely have a favorite um suspect i don't know about you 
Well, the most recent one I'm fascinated by. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, let's start off by saying the FBI has a file that consists of over a thousand suspects. Um, as of July 2016, the file is actually considered closed, but they do encourage people who have physical evidence um, or information to contact them. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. They're willing to look at it. Before you go into any of these series, I have my own theory. Okay, what's your theory? That I only found in one source. Okay. I think he landed and Sasquatch ate him. I didn't find that (laughs) anywhere. (laughs) Did you actually find that? I just thought of that as a theory. I was like, oh, he's in the Pacific Northwest, Sasquatch, boom. Mm. So I Googled it. There was a movie called D.B. Cooper versus Sasquatch. (laughs) Wait, Wait, is this for real? Oh, sorry. It's Bigfoot versus D.B. Cooper (gasps) is a movie. (laughs) Okay, we need to watch this with the Kanaka Pete one. For sure. Yeah. We need to start a movie list. So, <laughs> which our listeners can follow. It's like a reading club, but it's like a shitty B movie club. Yeah. Real shitty. Yeah. <laughs> I'm into it. But that's my theory because we're doing a podcast called Sasquatch Ate My Baby. And I think it has to be my theory. It didn't even <laughs> cross my mind. Pacific Northwest, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Um, speaking that fly of, likes you. <laughs> no, I've been trying to kill it for an hour. Uh, now you're spilling. Do you want my napkin? Oh, it ripped in half, so now we can share. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Um, speaking of Sasquatch, Ate my baby, the podcast that you can find us on Instagram. I mean, you listen to. Oh yeah, we didn't plug anything. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> um, we recently won a giveaway contest from the Bigfoot oh, yeah. Foundation on Instagram, and we're getting a book uh, called "The Day." Is that what's called? The I don't remember. The day I met Sasquatch by Craig Somebody. We're fucking winners. <laughs> I'm actually really. I will give like a legit review of it. I will review it on Amazon. I will review it on wherever. Um, and I will also review it on here if anyone wants to know if it's a good book or not. And I'm sure Dave wants to read it too. Yes. Yeah. I I know how to read. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, it is called the day I met Bigfoot and it is by Greg Durham. Craig. (laughs) (laughs) I said Greg as I was staring at Craig. (laughs) Still love Greg from (laughs) kindergarten. (laughs) That should be one of our t-shirts is I heart Greg. (laughs) Greg's a listener. Oh, is he? Yeah, I was camping with him. Well, he said he listens to parts of all the episodes. Oh, so he doesn't know that I love really him a in kindergarten. <laughs> yeah. Have a real listen, Greg. Yeah. One day he'll he'll tune in. He doesn't even know that we talk about him literally <laughs> all the fucking time. Yeah, I never brought it up. <laughs> okay. Can you tell me who your favorite suspect was? Honestly... I kind of forgot about what I wrote down. I did it so long ago. Let me just do a quick scan. Because I literally wrote an entire page of the person that I like best. (laughs) By the way, I wrote as long as one of my university papers worth of notes. (laughs) Killing it. Yep. Um, Like I said, I like the most recent one. Which one was it? The Walter R. Rekka. Or Rika. Mm, I don't know if I have that one. Well... Tell me, tell me. I will tell, tell me you. more, tell me more. Like, like did, did he, he have, have a car? car? <laughs> <laughs> How do we both go to the same part? That was awesome. That's the only good part. No, there's others. Other than a different song where it's it's Grease Lightning. 
Um, actually, that is the best the one song. That I, the one that I like is the one that Rizzo sings about being a whore. You can really relate. <laughs> uh, I apologize to the world because they're probably going to yell at me for that. And you, I apologize. Do you want me to wait for you to Google something or do you want me to tell you about Walter? Um, I want to sing the Rizzo song. Okay, I'll, I'll wait. Uh, I just couldn't remember the the lyrics, so I had to see it. Uh, I'll sing Grease oh, Lightning in the okay. meantime. Okay. I'm just going to sing one line. Okay. There are worse things I could do <laughs> than go with a boy or two. The whole neighborhood thinks I'm trashy and no good, but there are worse things that I could do. Yeah, I loved it. <laughs> I was a big fan of Grease Lightning as a young boy. I like the part where John Travolta like just took some saran wrap and gyrated his thighs into it. I used to just, I was a little kid, I used to just sing and do the dance moves. Like the whole <laughs> pointing arm thing. Uh-huh. And this. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, Dave's actually doing a pretty accurate <laughs> choreographed <laughs> choreographed dance <laughs> to grease lightning so does that we need to be on camera oh you know what another good song that was the beauty school dropout one no i wasn't oh and look at me i'm sandra d <laughs> lousy with virginity <laughs> i won't go to bed till i'm legally wed <laughs> isn't that somebody they're making fun I of her right i'm sandra d yeah mm-hmm and they were like drinking and smoking. Watch it. Hey, I'm Doris Day. I was not brought up that way. Another movie you can all watch is Grease. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. Walter R. I mean, it's spelled R E C A. How would you pronounce that? R E C A. Rekka. All right. Rissa. Rekka. Rekka. I like Rekka. I'm just going to call him Walter or Walt. Wally. Wally. Cool. What's Wally up to these days? Oh, he d- he's dead. <laughs> oh. I don't think I have Wally, but why don't you tell me about Wally? And I'm I'll... kind of surprised. It's the most recent and most uh, most uh, exciting I, one. Honestly, there's so fucking many. I know. <laughs> that uh, after like, I got really into the one that I was most excited about. Um, you didn't have the energy for the rest. <laughs> I, didn't ha- I started reading them and I was like, okay, cool. DNA says no. Cool. <laughs> All right, well. Walter, or Wally, had a friend named Carl Lauren. Mm -hmm. He wrote a book called D.B. Cooper and Me, A Criminal, A Spy, My Best Friend. Oh, I saw that book, though. There you go. Okay, there you go. There's a lot of D.B. Cooper books. Yeah. (laughs) All right, well, uh, Wally died in 2014 at 80 years old. Mm. and uh, Which is around the age he would have been. Yeah. Yeah, it's all accurate. Mm -hmm. And he wrote this book. Um, yeah, saying that his friend, Carl's friend, Wally, mm-hmm. uh, was DB. And all the evidence he has is, <coughs> excuse me, he, uh, recorded an entire confession about the whole thing and gave it to Carl and said, after I die, you can tell the world. Mm-hmm. So, uh, the publisher, Vern Jones, <coughs> fuck. Vern Jones, the publisher, hired a state police officer who led the investigation on Jimmy Hoffa, which is would be another good topic, mm-hmm. um, just to make sure everything that he brought him was accurate and everything that he brings about about Wally 
is basically pointing to everything as a fact and that this guy is D.B. Cooper. So, boom. What is everything, though? Uh, I'd have to read the book. You should read the book. Honestly, like, <laughs> yeah. I, I was really close to um, buying... Well, why don't I just go find this one and we can talk about him right now. So, Bradley S. Collins wrote the book. My father was D.B. Cooper in November, on November 22nd, 2013. And you can mm. buy the book for $9.99 on iBooks. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, was, I was originally looking for the book Freefall, um, which is a popular D.B. Cooper book. Um, or something related with db anyways anyways <laughs> um and i found this one um a funny thing though as i was looking at ibooks ibooks like suggest things that people who have purchased like have similarly bought or um or similar books kind of thing like mm-hmm. say, hey if you like this maybe check out these titles sure and at the bottom of this one it was literally all porn for audiobooks like audiobook porn <laughs> that you could buy for 3.95 all written by the same author and they're all like my teenage girlfriend and like, <laughs> like my sasquatch girlfriend <laughs> yeah. someone's like like if, let's reference my dad made a porno someone's dad got really into writing porn <laughs> and um have you listened to that podcast before no. it's pretty funny um i don't need to plug it because it's insanely popular <laughs> <laughs> yeah fair enough um or my dad wrote did i say made or wrote um, I don't remember. Anyways, so this book, the synopsis suggests that Colin's father, Jack or John, um, who was a skunt, a skunk, <laughs> a, a stunt, skydiver, skydiver and pilot, um, and his brother Romaine, aka Bud Collins, who was a Northwest pilot at the time. North, Northwest Orient. Yeah, were behind the attack. The book um, was originally 133 pages uh, long. Uh, after the editorial process, it went down to 66. However, iBooks says that it's 116 pages long. <laughs> um, <laughs> however, if you want to buy the first edition of it off of Amazon.ca, so this is in Canadian dollars, friends, uh, you can purchase it for $1,272. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I love it how, like, there's always some random thing on Amazon that's just like, fucking two thousand dollars bro <laughs> like, and you're just like okay i'll just buy the not that version for i'll buy the one that's 86 cents yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah or it's normal edition on like if you want a hardcover copy you can buy it for 20 dollars canadian on amazon so like yeah. six bucks american <laughs> Uh, he intends on publishing a second book, which also includes poems he's written about skyjacking. And there was a, like a sample of one of the poems and it was not good <laughs> as someone who has, as well as an anthropology degree, a creative writing degree. <laughs> you are this person. I'm literally, I like, I literally got a degree in. why don't you try being like, not anything. <laughs> You got a degree in podcasting. Yeah. School of Hard Knocks. <laughs> I uh, I don't have a degree, so you got me there. Yeah. I you, dropped out of university after like a month and a half. You have a trucking degree and a month I and a half a of business. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah. What barely. were you gonna do with that business degree, Dave? Who knows? You were gonna open a music store. Which that degree wouldn't help me with. <laughs> we both took entrepreneurship in grade twelve. 
Yeah, but you dropped out. I did. I was over <laughs> it in 10 seconds. The second I had to come up with a business. They, the high school came up to me after you bailed. And they're like, hey, Dave, do you want to run a store and sell like our uh, clothing and shit for the school? Really? And I was like, cool. How much am I going to make? They're like, oh, no, you're not going to make any money. It's just part of the thing. But is that so what you did like, for your credits? I'm not an entrepreneur if I don't make any money. Yeah, because I didn't want to like literally come up with anything. Cause... I just said no. <laughs> oh. I'm not going to run your store for free. <laughs> Fuck that. Yeah. Okay. I'm a capitalist. <laughs> <laughs> um, I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, oh, yeah. We're talking about suspects. Back on Carl. Who's Carl? It's the dude who wrote this book. Oh. You jumped away from it. Oh, yeah. I got into Bradley Collins <laughs> and his dad. I know. You're very excited about it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But when, when they found out, him, Carl and his friends found out that DB Jump did this, they're like, oh, shit. We think that's Walt. Like, they thought. Like, it matched everything that he would do. He was a skydiver, military background, everything. That's so Wally. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Do you want to continue with uh, who were you talking about? What was the I'm suspect? Done with that guy. I'm bored of it. <laughs> All right. What about Robert Rackshaw? Rackstraw. Sorry. Let me control F. Robert. I want to talk about my favorite. Uh, I have a no. I just have not. No, I have a witness named Robert Gregory. You don't have Robert W. Rackstraw either. No. What kind of research oh, did I have, you I do? I have Robert Lepsey. Nope. This guy was a Vietnam vet with a parachute training. Nope. Well, I just really liked. There were so many that plan. at some point, like I started reading a list of names, and I was like, not gonna write anything about any of those people. <laughs> well, this is the second most recent one. And I just really like this one because it detailed the elaborate um, planning. Mm -hmm. So, like, you know, in the 1980s, yeah, 1980, mm -hmm. there was a bunch of money found on the Columbia River that was matching the money that he stole. Yes. <coughs> so, they think that is, I'll just tell you the whole plan. Please do. So, DB jumps. There was another plane mm -hmm. flying below radar. Right below the radar, like they say. And that would be signaled by a van. When DB landed, they would flash their lights. The plane would land. They took $150,000 in the van and buried it. Mm -hmm. And then DB and uh, the pilot, they mm -hmm. took the second parachute. Mm -hmm. Or no, sorry, they didn't need the parachute. That's just unrelated. <laughs> <laughs> they flew up and they threw the $50,000 out of the plane. Mm -hmm. to make it look like that he died and that was possibly the money found on the columbia river mm -hmm. the money that they just abandoned okay so now that we've brought up the columbia river should we maybe talk about that sure okay, i'm just gonna highlight this way now to come back to this thing uh, it's okay. found by a young boy named brian ingram right is that right? That sounds right. So in the year 1980, Brian Ingram, a boy, uh, found a package of rotting money worth $5,200 in the Columbia River um, while he was raking the shores to make a fire pit or something like that. The serial numbers on uh, match the 20s. Um, for those of you who don't know, the Columbia River is in Washington. I actually had to look it up. <laughs> well, wouldn't that make sense? He jumped over Washington, right? Uh, somewhere between Washington and Reno. It could have been Oregon uh -oh. or 
Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, the bills were in the same order as when given to DB. There are three packages of the of it. Two of them had um, had twenty a in it, and one of them only had ninety twenties. Um, none of the other bills have ever been found. The FBI kept samples of it and divided the rest between the insurer of the money and Ingram in uh, two thousand something or another. <laughs> that I didn't write down. Ingram sold three of the bills at auction for thirty seven thousand dollars oh um, shit to this day there's still nine thousand seven hundred ten of the bills missing yeah mm-hmm. if you had found that money in the forest would you have told anybody or kept it well it was rotting and stuff so i would have had to tell somebody and and if you turn in money and it's not claimed especially like if it's fucking db cooper like <laughs> but they could db cooper's it. not gonna come forward and be like okay this is my money but if it matches the serial numbers like oh that's the money we gave db cooper that's yeah, not really his that's ours however there is a reward though like for mm, the money right good um, point there any was, evidence there was a reward up to 15 percent or 15 percent up to twenty five thousand dollars was offered to um for the location of the money mm. or uh, whatever amount that it is all right well mm-hmm. if you found real good money would you keep it or tell somebody i would probably tell someone because i've seen enough movies to know the mob is coming after me <laughs> to get that back no country for old men style yeah. and honestly if like someone doesn't like claim it and the mob's not gonna claim it and if i'm finding that much money that much real good money whoever if, left it there mm-hmm. is not the kind of person that's gonna go to the authorities to claim it and but then it, once you get it back the mob's gonna kill you for it no they're not because it's not technically their money yeah but the, i'm just getting a reward as a citizen Mm, I see what you're saying. They don't give a shit about me. They they, they do give a shit about me if I take their money and I keep it. But they might just want the money you get as a reward just to reclaim some They're of their They're the mob. Loss. They can sell some coke. It's fine. <laughs> 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 how much? Okay. How, how little amount of money? What's the maximum you would keep without telling anybody? $100. If you found $200, you wouldn't just keep that? Okay. $500. No, $200, uh, $200 is max. I, really? I, yeah, because, you know, if that could be someone's rent money. I would turn it into the police. I need and rent if it's money. not claimed by someone who wants to pay their rent, then you're they'll very, give it back to me. You're a very ethical person and you're making me feel bad about myself. <laughs> so, but if I just found, like, well, I have, like, at the ferry, I found, like, $20 on the ground, like, literally all the time. <laughs> you find $20 all the time? At the ferry, people just drop their shit. Wow. Yeah. I should no. go hang out to the ferry more. Yeah. Although usually, it's going to cost more to get on the ferry. But I've picked it up a couple times and I'm like, yeah. And I've picked up money at concerts and stuff because there's no way you're going to find. Yeah. Yeah. So it depends on the situation too. Yeah. Fair enough. Like if it's literally just like I'm at this random event and there's money on the floor. And then if I saw someone freaking out, like I lost my hundred dollar bill. Oh, and then I might be like, oh, I think I found it. And then like, yeah, I probably would too. I don't like that about yeah. myself. I'd rather just keep it. But I'd probably give it to him. But if I didn't see anyone freaking out, they lost their hundred dollar bill in the middle of the concert. I'd be like, <laughs> "Guess I'm getting a T-shirt." <laughs> <laughs> That's gonna cost you one hundred and twenty dollars. <laughs> nope, because I usually go to concerts with my dad, and he buys my T-shirt. <laughs> All right, your yeah. dad likes to go to concerts that you like. Well, yeah, we've seen uh, we've seen Steve Miller and Peter Frampton was the most recent one we went to. Yeah, uh, we saw Elton John together. We saw well, the Who good. together. That'd be good. Um, we saw we've seen um, 
not CCR, but main guy from CCR. Is that like John Fogarty? They... We've seen oh. John Fogarty twice. Um, yeah, we. But have you ever just gone to a concert that your dad wouldn't enjoy? Like, is there any music? Well, I'm not that... gonna bring him to like fucking Skrillex. But, <laughs> but I'm saying, if you don't go to those concerts. Uh, well, I go to other con. Yeah, I go to other concerts. Like, so you, my your dad. dad's not buying a T-shirt there. That's all yeah. I'm getting at. I mean, like, my dad's <laughs> not going to J. Cole with me, but <laughs> I think your dad should go go to all of them. Yeah, but like the ones that I've seen recently, because I just other than festivals, I haven't really had like a desire to see like a particular artist because I'm not like that. At least recently, like I mean, there's artists I don't even remember seeing. Like I found a ticket stub. I went to see Paul Wall once. <laughs> And you don't remember seeing no. it? I was like, I saw Paul Wall. Um, I think he opened for like Fall Out Boy or something. And I'm like, I remember all these other people. I don't remember Paul Wall. Uh, I'm like, I remember Plus 44. And like, but yeah. Hmm. My very first concert was Jimmy World and Green Day. I went to that concert. Yeah, you were there too. Not with the, you though. No, we're separate. And I came in late. So I came into the middle. Like they were just playing the middle. Like. It just takes some time. Oh. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah, I don't go to concerts like that anymore. Yeah, you just go to crazy ones. They're not crazy. Ones just go to bands that I like. Yeah. <laughs> I go to bands that I like, but I have more fun when I go with my dad because he's really excited. It's like... Your dad's like me when I go to concerts. My dad spent almost like probably 20, 30 years almost not going to concerts. Because he, like, he tells stories of all these ones that, like, he used to go to when he was younger. And he has, he's like, every time I went to this concert, like, in Victoria, there was this naked guy. <laughs> he's like, and it was so easy to get weed in. <laughs> <laughs> and now, like, all, all these bands that, like, he really likes or had has even seen in the past are, like, doing reunion tours or, like, doing last tours, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't think he'd ever seen Elton John before or do I think he's that in elton john but like but hey you, you can't well. not go to fucking elton john which by the way elton john and i much. both wore gold shoes to his concert and one of us probably should have changed but <laughs> <laughs> how much was that ticket uh it was pretty expensive yeah. but we had pretty good seats but we weren't on the floor that was one of the few that we haven't gotten floor seats for every other concert like me and my dad try and get floor seats that's where it's at mm. oh except for the who we got like the ones that were like right beside the stage those are good too so and there was a pretty good band too the sly dogs started for them i don't know yeah i follow them on instagram now they're not bad nice <laughs> <laughs> oh i have seen a concert recently that's mine i last uh november i saw simple plan and they're it, still around eh? yeah it was a throwback one of my girlfriends bought them for me for my birthday uh nice. desiree hi <laughs> <laughs> hi desiree yeah shout out to desiree we've already showed it around <laughs> oh. <laughs> at the last show i was at i was complimented not once but twice on my rocking abilities <laughs> <laughs> two random people came up and said hey you're rocking out real hard hey dave you're not hardcore, unless you live hardcore. I don't know what you're doing. It's from a school of rock. Okay. <laughs> and I'm, I'm hardcore? Yeah. I just thought it was weird. Like, you're at a concert. We're at a metal show. Yeah. And I'm headbanging and rocking out. And it's like, shouldn't everybody be? Yeah. I'm like, no. You just can... just me? <laughs> you're extra good at the devil horns. <laughs> Your fingers are bigger I than most I don't throw people's. up the devil horns. <laughs> I throw up the fist. Oh. So you Jersey Shore it? You fist no, pump. it's just like this. 
That's more like saluting Stalin. <laughs> it's black power, though. Oh, black power. <laughs> You're half white, though. <laughs> if not more. I'm way more than half white. <laughs> I just support black lives. <laughs> but anyway, I just thought it was weird that other people weren't rocking out. I mean, they were, but I guess I was just really drunk and having a real good time. <laughs> Good job. Back to Cooper. Oh, yeah. Tangents. <clears throat> Tangent That's what we're time. known for. That's what we call it. Tangent time. Okay. <laughs> Is that a new thing? Maybe. Um, so we talked about that. Uh, I'm getting old. I got to turn a light on. Yeah, it's getting pretty dark in here. Oh. Yeah, it's... That's normally on. Oh. Now it's too bright, though. I'm uncomfortable. It's always on, though. It's light outside, and now the light's on, right. but it was dark in here keep talking no it's fine it's fine it's too late no it's fine i'm happy with the lights do you have a better light that i'm more comfortable with yes that's more accurate to what's happening outside so dave just turned off the giant bright sunshine light that's on on literally every other podcast we do (laughs) (laughs) to help my vampire eyes uh and then just turned on the roof light yep cool that only gets turned on when i vacuum all right before we talk about my favorite (laughs) Okay. My favorite suspect. Um, let's talk about the theory that DB died. It's very plausible. Mm-hmm. So why is it plausible? He jumped out in November mm-hmm. wearing loafers. Mm-hmm. No clothing other than a raincoat that could make you survive. In the wilderness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, 200 mile per hour winds when he jumped. Mm-hmm. That's pretty intense. Um. So, at first, they thought the DB was probably an experienced parachuter. Yeah. Uh, just based off of a lot of factors. Well, just the fact that he did it at all. It's like, this guy must be. Mm-hmm. But he didn't notice that one of the uh, yeah. backup shoots was closed up. Yeah. And that is actually the one that he chose to jump with. Yeah, yeah. So, he left behind a sports shoot, which was superior to the one that he chose. The reserved one that he chose was a dummy, which was clearly marked, um, and any parachuter would notice. Um, but it's possible, like, he was acting all cool and collected, but this is a high-stress moment. Mm-hmm. He might have just overlooked it and put one on. Yeah, that's fair. That's true. Yeah. Um, and then the one that, the reserve shoot that was not the one that he took, he actually butchered, he cut it up to tie the money up. Oh, I didn't read that. That's mm-hmm. interesting. So he cut it up and yeah. Makes sense. Um, yeah. So there's also uh one other thing that's a little bit tied to that. So um maybe I didn't read it. Oh yeah, so Earl Cossey, the man from the skydiving school that supplied the um shoots. The shoots was actually murdered and found dead in his home. Um, some say that it's related to the DB case. However, it happened like 30 years later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that might not be real necessary yeah, 30 it, years later. It, that might just be a coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> Why say it like that? Coincidence. Why not? <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Question mark. <laughs> Best friends. <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> All right. I'll, you can be my friend. Okay. Um... Um, yeah, that's pretty much the whole reasons why he wouldn't be. So, uh, 
Oh, and it was the middle of the night in the dark, so you can't see where you're jumping. So I want to talk about my favorite, and I have a lot of information on my favorite. Sure, and then after that, we'll just power through the fucking million other yeah. random ones that I have. Yeah, I have, I have some other ones too, right. which I think I share with yours, and then some other related things. Okay, so I hope I have yours on here. I hope you do too, because I have literally several paragraphs. <laughs> Can you just give me the name straight out? Okay, so today on Gender is a Construct, oh, yeah. Barbara Dayton. I do have that one. Okay, so born... Bobby Dayton, but identified as a female, um, was sus- he was suspected by a couple. I mean, he was born Robert Dayton, if you're going to say born. Born. Well, he went by Bobby. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Shake and bake. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. So Bobby Dayton, um, but identified as a female. He was suspected by, or she. She. At this time, was suspected by a couple named the Foremans. Um, that were aviation enthusiasts. Pat and Ron. It was a man and a man? Pat could be a woman's name. Oh, Patricia. Yeah. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I didn't write down their names. I just wrote the Foremans. Cause Pat I and Ron Foreman. Gave zero shits. I was like, <laughs> this is so progressive. <laughs> Pilots turned author. Uh, I don't More think, info. I don't think their book was published. Well, they tried to write a they book. They tried to write a book, yes. <laughs> So, Bobby was... So, we're going to use him the same way that we do our Caitlin uh, Bruce thing. Him, then to her. So, he was rejected from Air Force for... From the Air Force. Is that what Chad's in? The Air Force? Yeah. Hi, Chad. Um, (laughs) Shout out to Chad. (laughs) Yeah. I was thinking, I'm like, Chad does like a thing. (laughs) Yeah, he's in the Air Force. But he kept coming to mind with this one. And then I was like... I just don't know if that's the thing that he's in. (laughs) Can he parachute? Um, Can he fly a plane? No. Is Chad D.P. Cooper? (laughs) (gasps) The the 32-year-old man? (laughs) Yes. Watch out for my book called Chad, the guy from our episode, is D.P. Cooper. (laughs) How about the guy from the Obsidian Trust just to get my band a plug? (laughs) Fine. Um, no, he's not a pilot. But can he parachute? Um, I feel like he probably could if he wanted to. Has I don't know if he? he's trained to do he it. He should. Well, that's not what he does in the <laughs> Air Force. I think the people who jump out, they're paratroopers. They're not in the Air Force. Oh. Yeah, but I mean, I'm sure the Air Force they're in is the just airborne. like, hey, you want to try parachuting? And they're like, yeah. They're in the Airborne. That's what the people who jump out of planes in the oh, military okay. I was are. Like, who's they? Air Force flies the airborne into the sky. Airborne jumps. Okay. Okay. Boom. Okay. So Chad's DB Cooper. We've solved it. Good. Okay. So so Bobby was rejected from the Air Force for an eye condition and then joined the Merchant Marines instead, which sounds totally less cool. Air Force. What way is the better. Merchant Marines anyway? Don't know. Don't care. Because That's how much cooler the Air Force. Is. I don't have any of that written down, but I have written down that uh, she was a World War Two vet. Sure. Merchant what Marines. the fuck's the Merchant Marines? It's probably like a plain, boring Marine, not an Air Force. I'm gonna person. Google it. Yeah, look I it need up. to know. <laughs> um, I so. mean, it sounds like the Boy Scouts when you say it. <laughs> If you were going to be like, okay, I want to be a merchant marine or in the Air Force, which one would you pick, though? I mean, I think like the Marines is a thing, too, and those are pretty yeah. badass the people. The Marines are cool, but then you put merchant in front of it. Yeah, not as cool. 
Um, would you rather be a Marine or an Air Force? I'm not strong. I'm like, or would you rather be in the Marines or in the Air Force? In the Air Force, so I don't die. Okay, cool. <laughs> Is that a thing? Just be in a plane. The Marines are on the ground. Ah, oh, true that. Yeah. I'm not cool enough or strong enough to be either. Me either. <laughs> I could maybe be like a nurse for them. Yeah. Maybe that's what I'll go back to school for, being a nurse. But You're no, making a whole life decision on the podcast right now? <laughs> maybe, yeah, Jesus. All right, a merchant marine. I haven't decided what I want to do with my life other than my anthropology and creative writing degree and podcasting. <laughs> Just put it all into podcasting. Cool. A country shipping... A country's shipping that is involved in commerce and trade as opposed to military activity. The Merchant Marine primarily transport cargo and passengers during peacetime. In times of war, the Merchant Marines can be an auxiliary to the United States Navy and can be called upon to deliver military personnel. Oh, so kind of like our um, Army Reserves. Yeah, but they're... Better. Instead Less of the better? Navy <laughs> boating you over, they're the Merchant Marines bring you over. Oh, okay. Reserves can go fight. These okay. guys aren't going to fight. But it said that they could fight. No, it says they can be an auxiliary to the Navy. Does an auxiliary mean that you could be? Yeah, but it says an auxiliary and can be called upon to deliver military personnel and materials for the military. Okay. So they're not fighting. They're bringing supplies. I think someone needs to teach me more about the military. <laughs> I watched Stripes the other night. It's, uh, yeah, it's a good movie. I got it really confused with Good Morning Vietnam. <laughs> I was like, this is... Those are very different <laughs> movies. <laughs> I was like, it's my new deliverance versus the deer hunter. <laughs> okay, well, I don't know a bunch about the military either, but the Navy, obviously, they have big boats. They can bring people and equipment across the ocean to war. Oh, okay. So if they need to, the Merchant Marines can also do that. Okay. But they're not going to go fight anybody. Okay. Boom. Cool. So, pretty lame job. Okay, so he became a merchant marine instead. So he traveled, uh, during his travels with the merchant marines, he did some cross-dressing in other countries. Um, he even married two different women. Uh, he worked in many professions from fishing to prospecting, and he picked up parachuting skills and also had access from dynamite w from helping his father with blasts. When yeah. money was tight, he often joked about robbing banks. Mm-hmm. Uh, he got private flying lessons after banking hours, uh, or sorry, and after banking hours with those private uh, flying lessons, um, he got his pilot's license, um, but failed the written portion of a commercial license twice and then had issues with the FAA because of it. Didn't you say he was kicked out for having a fucked up eye? No, he, w he wasn't allowed in the Air Force. Yeah, he wasn't allowed to do it, but he took private flying lessons like, but like, wouldn't you like not let somebody fly a plane if they have a fucked up eye i think for like a private like to have like fly your Small own plane, plane it's I not guess. as big of a deal <laughs> it should be <laughs> but all right <laughs> um one of my friends is actually trying to get into the rcmp right now and she needs to have lasik in order to get into but so she's still moving forward with her stuff and just like really hoping she gets that lasik you can't have glasses and be in the rcmp I think you can, but you have to have like a certain level oh. of eyesight. Fair so enough, I guess. Yeah. Just not good. So she's going to get some LASIK eventually. That's good. So, mm -hmm. but and that's a pretty easy fix nowadays. So. Yeah. So my friend might be a police officer, and I'm excited for her. As long as she doesn't arrest me. I might tell her to. 
For what? I don't know. She's on my side now. <laughs> Bitch. Aren't we on the same side? <laughs> <laughs> also, I don't break any laws. According to this podcast. <laughs> uh, okay. I've talked about breaking laws on this podcast. So yeah, then was super mad about like the FAA hated them. It's like, fuck you, FAA. Make, let me be a commercial pilot. Um, I mean, you can't pass the test. He approached John Hopkins Hospital for a gender reassignment surgery, but was declined. However, in 1969, he was granted one by Seattle's University Hospital. After becoming Barbara, um, and eight days prior to the skyjacking, uh, she uh, she visited the hospital low on funds and also incredibly depressed or showing symptoms of depression. However, two weeks after the skyjacking, her mood had changed and she was no longer worried about money. Mm. Um, except for as someone who like is not technically diagnosed with depression, but definitely struggles with like happiness and stuff. <laughs> uh, my mood can literally change in like a day. Yeah. So, I mean, Dave, Dave can speak to that. Three days ago, I was talking to him about some very sad stuff and today I'm fine. <laughs> and there's days where I'll come in and I'm not in a good mood. And by the time we're done the podcast, um, super positive it's all good yeah so i don't think that that is any sign that barbara <laughs> <laughs> she was in a better mood so she probably hijacked a plane <laughs> and uh from what i read the foreman said that she never spent the money so Mm-mm. i found another one with that suggested that she spent the money i mean if she was poor and then rich she would have to mm-hmm. right so uh, but they also said that uh she did it to satisfy personal issues relating to her sex change operation really oh, i didn't see that that's what the foreman said hmm. yeah okay, that's not but that. you read more i, I assume i did so after that she befriended the foremans um and they came over to her house she had a very nice but scarcely furnished uh, apartment which she said um was scarcely furnished because her family inheritance had run out um she had an inheritance and it ran out mm-hmm. yeah so all right fun uh when there was shop talk in the garage that she worked in uh and conversation turned to db she'd only become vocal when someone had an opinion on db that she didn't agree with um and once somebody made a joke that she was db and she sternly told them never to speak of that again <laughs> mm-hmm. so the foreman's claimed that barbara confided into them that not only had she formerly been a man but she was also db cooper pictures of barbara uh pictures of barbara pre-transition compared to the composite sketches of db cooper um do look similar and i will admit that i don't think i saw them i, I looked at most of the people that were like suspected mm, just compared. to get a look yeah, yeah. that makes sense i should have done that the only thing i don't like about the composite sketch is uh when you look at the picture without the glasses on the eyes are very far apart and then the picture with the glasses on the glasses are very far apart <laughs> like, so the person is like really bad at drawing eyes and glasses being a normal range because like even if your eyes are very far apart and you buy sunglasses the sunglasses that you buy are going to be a proportion to like anybody's face mm-hmm. and it's not going to show that your eyes are far apart well can you even really trust what somebody says a person looks like because like eyewitness testimonies dog shit so let's talk about that for a minute okay so uh flo florence our our gal with the boyfriend mm-hmm. um she said that db had curly hair or wavy hair yeah 
Um, <clears throat> however, there is another witness, uh, Robert Gregory, um, who has a better description than anybody of DB. Robert Gregory sat across from DB but was not interviewed by the um, Bureau's composite sketch artist. Um, Gregory said that the glasses that he wore were actually horn-rimmed. The jacket was wide-lapelled um, and described his hair color as russet, not brown or black. Oh. So probably closer to like my hair that has like a little bit of red in it. Um, See, it's he, all fucked. Yeah, he also described Cooper's hair as Marcelb not wavy uh which is like kind of a curling technique yeah, that's used that with means. hot tongs um and it's very similar to like a finger wave style curl um which if you if you just look up like marcel hair you'll see like ladies from the 50s and like 40s okay with some pretty fancy hair <laughs> okay mm-hmm. <laughs> so his description varies from the composite sketch and all that jazz and um, all that jazz. <laughs> I hate that. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know the Unabomber? Yeah. Also looks like the <laughs> No. Eyes are far apart. <laughs> no, the most famous sketch of the Unabomber mm-hmm. is uh, like one done. Like a person who saw the Unabomber before the Unabomber was caught had the sketch done that mm-hmm. day by some guy, right? Mm-hmm. And then later she was asked to tell us again what the guy looked like Mm -hmm. because they lost the picture or some shit (coughs) and what she described was exactly what the guy who drew this original sketch looked like Mm -hmm. so she mixed up the two people yeah so the most famous sketch that was put out in like magazines and shit is of the sketch artist is of a sketch artist (laughs) (laughs) um speaking on memory as well and i know my memory is not the best one to use this as an example but earlier in this episode i had to take a phone call <laughs> and you guys <laughs> okay. won't even know because it's cut out i did a timeout symbol and we just stepped away and came right back yeah uh, i mean you'll know it's kind of a floppy <laughs> comeback but <laughs> uh and when we came back i had to make dave play the last 10 seconds of the episode <laughs> to remember what we were talking about <laughs> and then you didn't even acknowledge what we were talking about Nope. <laughs> and that's why it's floppy. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Okay. So back to our gal pal, Barbara. Barb. Uh, yeah. Barbara. Barbie. I like Barbara. It's too long. Barbara. I'm just going to call her B. I like B. I have a friend named B. There you go. It's short for Brenda. Hi, Brenda. And Brenda doesn't listen yet, but Garth does. Hi, Garth. So Garth can tell Brenda that she got a shout out. <laughs> um so uh barbara confided yeah so she says she's formerly a man pre-transition blah 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 um so she claimed that she took a bus to portland international she wore a suit over her blouse um and had a bomb in her briefcase she parachuted um and navigated um out of the plane by pre to a predetermined area near a hazelnut orchard in woodburn using lighted checkpoints she says she stashed the suit and the money in an irrigation cistern cistern and then put on her wig and returned home thus becoming a woman again i mean how perfect of a disguise is that yeah she literally just borrowed borrowed her old yeah identity she looked like what she used to look like yeah and then just automatically was like no i'm a woman that was a man yeah Boom. Perfect. Yeah. And I've been a woman for weeks now. So genius. go fuck yourself. It's fucking genius. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, so, however, inconsistency, inconsistency, inconsistencies, inconsistencies <laughs> include Barbara later denying having said that. Also, she was only 5'8 and had different eye color from some, some, just some of the descriptions. <laughs> Yeah, the... <laughs> the Foremans think that because the statute of limitations was originally 1976, because air piracy, which is what the crime was, is only five years. Sweet. Yeah. Um, that Barbara may have confessed thinking that there would be no consequence. However, um, in 1979, before learning that, there was an uh, indictment for a John Doe, which would have left the case open indefinitely. Really? Mm -hmm. She died of pulmonary disease in 2002 as a side effect of smoking. DB also smoked. I don't know if she smoked. So did every other other person (laughs) in the 70s. Yeah. The foremans approached the FBI but were dismissed and the items with her DNA could not be compared to the DNA on the clip-on tie because the clip-on tie's DNA was incomplete samples. How does that work? Like, you just need a bigger sample? Yeah. So, like, if I spit a little bit, you couldn't get my DNA out of it? Uh, It depends. Like, how... It probably depends on how much there is and, like, how much technology they had at the time. And then there's also people in this world who are considered non-secretors. So, like, you know, those 23andMe and Ancestry.com. So, you can actually spit into those and people send them out. And if they're non-secretors, then they actually can't get results. Interesting. Because um, their DNA isn't in it. But that's like a very finite, or finite, finite, small portion. Yeah. I, Small's um, an easier yeah, word. Small's <laughs> an easier word. <laughs> See, this is where you use your anthropology degree. Yeah. You're nailing it. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> well, sometimes when I speak, I use words that I would use in writing that I like clearly know the definitions to, but I can't pronounce. <laughs> <laughs> like inconsistencies. Inconsistencies. <laughs> Except for that's part of me just like reading something and being like, yeah. I'm embarrassed and now I can't say words. Um, yeah. Do you ever find that you feel stupider being on this podcast? Be- for more sure. Because all the you- time. <laughs> and all of a sudden you're like, okay, well, now people can go back and just re-listen to what I've said. And then you're like all up in your head and so on and so on. I don't get in my head. I, I won't ever listen to it with somebody though. Like I couldn't sit down and listen to people listening to me. Yeah. What if we do a live show? <laughs> That's different because I'm doing it live. True. Um, I was going to say that 23 and me shit, spitting in a cup. Mm-hmm. I heard that um, for men, you can get both your mom and dad's side. But for women, you can only get one side of the family, maybe the mother's side, because XY and XX chromosomes. Oh, I didn't know that. So you um, can't really know your whole lineage so as a woman. I desperately want it. I want the 23andMe one specifically, and I want the one that does both your lineage, and I want it, the one that does your, your health. Because um, there's people who like, and which is beneficial to people who are adopted and don't have like a family history. Because sure. it'll tell you what you're predisposed to, and then obviously with my health issues, I'm sure that would help me. Mm-hmm. However, in Trump's America, <laughs> 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 and potentially in the future, like, insurance claims could potentially deny you based off of your results and even if you read through like i read through their entire terms and conditions after one of my friends actually made me aware of that because that's actually what i asked for for my birthday (laughs) and i did not get but whatever Uh, (laughs) with a 23 me and me test with the health thing included in it because like i just love any sort of information that helps me and honestly i still might do it just for funsies 
not for funsies, but because like I want answers and I'm frustrated. And if that gives me a little bit more history, like my family history, just Mm -hmm. because I don't know it, that's great. But if what I said is true, which I'm not sure it is, Mm -hmm. I just heard it in passing, I think you'd only get one side of your family. You'd have to get your dad to do it too, to get more background information. We'll get the Father's Day special in. Boom. Boom. I didn't know that was the thing. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, they have discounts on like certain family days because they like it's the same as any retailer, right? Like, hey, you get twenty percent off because it's Labor Day, it's President's <laughs> yeah, yeah. Day. So uh, yeah, I'd recommend doing that. That'd be awesome. Mm-hmm. I'll first look up and confirm if that's true or not because if I Good just call. if I can pay just two hundred something dollars for just my test, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is what I suspect my lineage test will be. Uh, you're white yeah just like hella white <laughs> just gonna come back like a, a blue envelope and on the inside is just a paper that says fuck you you're white white privilege <laughs> it's gonna have my white privilege card right in there <laughs> uh no it'll be like 88 percent irish <laughs> it'll probably be a big chunk of scandinavian i don't think there's any no irish people Scandin- Scandin- irish and scottish people are scandinavian people that's where the red hair comes from what i thought scandinavia was like hot uh like tall blonde people no that's red hair comes from scandinavia not ireland really irish people are redheads because of that okay i'd be super shocked then for the scandinavian because there's a lot of redheads it would probably say irish but yeah just know that that's because of scandinavians so technically i'm a very tiny viking yeah cool (laughs) (laughs) you could be a shield maiden Okay, cool. <laughs> I'm ready to rape and pillage. Let's go. White privilege. <laughs> I should do one of those things. Yeah. Be interesting. Cool. But do you want to risk being denied insurance claims in the future? Yeah, no, I'm not doing it. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> okay back to... But we don't have insurance. This is Canada. I have insurance. I don't. I literally just told you a story about my insurance. I know. <laughs> But I mean, like, you can get your coverage in medical in Canada to get shit done. Yeah, well, you have, uh, so we have insurance for like certain things, like, if you go to hospital, you're not going to have, like, $100 billion worth of things, but you still have to pay for prescriptions. Yeah. I had one yes. prescription that was $400, um, and the first time that I got it, I had to pay, it was more than $400, I had to pay more than $400 out of pocket as a university student that had no coverage. With my last job, which actually had really decent coverage, um, I paid $80 for it because... So, what you're saying is mm-hmm. that they won't cover that medication mm-hmm. if you're fucked. Yeah. Well, the coverage that I had in university, it was, I had my dad's coverage, and my dad's coverage is like a male-centric one, and... Mm mine was considered an elective prescription <laughs> it was not an elective prescription okay so if if you do this 23 and me thing it's possible that they won't cover something some kind of prescription or some kind of something the idea is that so, that one of the governments that come in the future um may find a way to requisition that information yeah and yeah, then insurance sure policies will be like well you were predisposed to getting prostate cancer so we're not going to help you. So we're not going to help you. Like we, we, or to start or to get like insurance. They're like, no, you can't have insurance. It's, it's probably more right. relevant in the States than it is in Canada. But, but I see where you're coming from and but, I will not do it. Yeah. Depending on how our government goes. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? So things change. Yeah. 
I could just say that I genuinely, and it says too, like, if you, it, in their descriptions of it, um, like the privacy policy or legal terms and conditions or whatever, it says, if you learn something from this, you know this. And in the future, if you claim that you don't know this when making an insurance claim or applying for insurance, then it's considered fraud. So ignorance is bliss, basically. That's the theory. All right. I'm not going to do it. I still want to know my stuff. Get your dad to do it. (laughs) Get your dad and your mom to do it. Then you'll know. I would actually prefer if my dad didn't do it. Oh, really? Because my dad has health problems as it is. And I anything to that would prevent him from getting any sort of coverage or any sort of support, um, I wouldn't want that. I like I'm, I'm more I don't care so much about me, but I do care about my. I dad. don't think Canada's really in any danger of that in the near future. We're a very socialist country, yeah. and I have but a bad who memory, knows what so might change? I might just forget. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I genuinely forgot this podcast right now. This is my official legal legally binding statement. Saying, chances are I've forgotten what my 23 and me results were. And you're lucky I brought a notary here today. Come on in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyone has any cool uh, 23 and me tests out there? Uh, please send them in. Dogs are losing their shit. Sasquatch. I'm sorry. Okay. So, back to Barbara. <laughs> it was taking us a long time to talk about. <laughs> um, yeah, so... She died of a pulmonary Jesus, disease and side effect of smoking. Um, the foreman's approached the FBI, blah, blah, blah DNA uh, clips. So uh, incomplete. They wanted to write a book. Uh, it, I don't think it ever anything came from that. However, author Jeff Gray, who is very popular um, author or journalist on the subject of D.B. Cooper, mm-hmm. um, did check out the supposed cistern, and it was empty. However... Uh, one that doesn't surprise me because like if I stash it there I wouldn't fucking leave it there especially if it wasn't my property like yeah okay cool like whatever um, however the foreman suggested that uh, Barbara had actually gambled away all the money oh really mm-hmm. that sucks okay mm-hmm. cool so we got Barbara out of the way I mean we've been going for like an hour and a half you want to <laughs> I'm still going here <laughs> you want to dive into these people yeah all right. Uh, so, fun fact, uh, during the search for DB, like when they were scouring the ground, mm-hmm. uh, they actually found the remains of a young female who had been abducted and was unrelated to the case. So, I thought that was pretty cool mm-hmm. because they found and... Solved a case. Well, I don't know if they solved it, well, but then, like yeah. they were able to find someone who was previously missing and their family didn't know, right? Yeah. Is it better to not know, or is it better to know that that person's dead? I would rather know. Me too. You could spend your entire life thinking that this person yeah. left me and abandoned me. Hope's rough. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, we talked about that one. I didn't research that one. Oh, yeah, I did. Oh, no, I didn't. Okay. So I just found a, an obituary from a middle school teacher named Glenn Eugene. Do you have that one? Or Jen Eugene Smith. Sorry, say it again. Glenn Eugene Smith. Nope. Okay, so this was a, a, a middle school teacher and swimmer um, in the town of Longview. He was approached by authorities and questioned um, because he matched this description that fit the profile and had a motive because he had eight children to feed on a teacher's salary. 
Um, this is actually listed in his obituary, and then he died on September 4th in 2010. Uh, he suffered Alzheimer's, and fun fact, he had a Canadian wife that he met in Vancouver while he was in the Navy. Not right. good about him. It probably wasn't him. I just thought he was a very All nice right. man. How about uh, Kenny Christensen? Yes. Tell me. <coughs> well, it's a theory by Jeffrey Gray. Mm-hmm. Um, who was the first reporter given access to the FB- FBI files on DB. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have a whole lot. It says here Lyle Christensen, his brother, mm-hmm. was convinced that uh, Kenny was DB. Mm-hmm. Ken was a paratrooper, a mechanic, uh, and a, a flight purser, which I don't know what that is, for Northwest Orient Airlines. Oh, I didn't know that he was related to Orient. Yeah. yeah. Um, they were both... DB and Ken were both drinkers of bourbon, which... So are you. Are you, DB? You and Chad were in it together. <laughs> Who, which of us jumped, though? You said he was the guy. Who's the guy drinking bourbon? It was it was a decoy. So both of us were up there. You we don't look up, anything alike. Yeah, you were both on the plane. Um, he was disguised as a crew member. You were drinking bourbon. Okay. Then he switched places, and you were the crew member, and he jumped. You know that we look like opposites, right? You're both Métis. <laughs> yeah, but he's extremely white. <laughs> and I am too, but I just look he's a little a, bit more Indian he's than a he my does. Viking, he's my Viking brethren. Yes, pretty much, yeah. Chad is my brother. <laughs> New conspiracy theory. <laughs> so, me and Chad are both E.B. Cooper slash he's your brother and that's the conspiracy theory yeah and you're my brother by association well we're just bros yeah you're my bros of stalin knuckles ow <laughs> i'm sorry what the fuck is that thing <laughs> all right uh it's my obsidian trust ring because it's obsidian <laughs> no it's just or black. it's black <laughs> i'm just plugging that band there check us out we're awesome uh, Kenny also bought a house shortly after the heist. Mm-hmm. Um, Grace showed Ken's photo to a flight attendant, and she was like, "Yeah, that could be him." Yeah, with <laughs> reservation. Yeah, she didn't say, "Oh, that's him." She's like, "Eh, maybe." However, um, Kenneth was balding. Oh, I didn't get that. Uh, my favorite thing was on his deathbed, he told Lyle, his brother, mm-hmm. "There's something that you have to know, but I cannot tell." Um, his brother also says that he probably wore a toupee while he was DB. Makes sense. Um, did uh, So what about Dwayne Weber? Yep. Okay. Lifelong criminal told his wife on his deathbed, I am DB Cooper. Um, the description that Robert Gregory gives is actually more ac- accurate to Dwayne Weber as Dwayne had marcelled hair. And which could have been mistaken for Wavy. Um, he was also in possession of an old Northwestern ticket. Uh, he also had a knee injury from jumping out of a plane. Yeah. And also talked in his sleep about leaving fingerprint, fingerprints on a plane. Yeah. He died of kidney failure. Boom. I think he's a contender. For sure he is, yeah. yeah. The whole sleeping and <laughs> fingerprint thing. That's what got me. Mm-hmm. Joe. Joe was his wife, I think. Oh, no, sorry. Yeah. Uh, How about Lynn Doyle Cooper? Got him. Okay, tell me. (laughs) All right. 
2011, Marla Coop publicly suggested that. By the way, I love the name Marla. Okay. Marla. Marla. When I think of the name Marla, I think of Fight Club. I'm going to name my daughters Marla and Amelia. Done. Solid. Cool. (laughs) Okay. I like the name Amelia. I know. I love it. Amelia. Don't let her fly. You know what I got it from? The Hitman's Bodyguard. (laughs) 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 I was really into that movie. It's really into the name Amelia. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, maybe it wasn't that movie. It was something I saw on Netflix. (laughs) Great. Cool. (laughs) Marla Coop suggested that her uncle was DB. And her mom, Haley, agreed and had some evidence, apparently, I wrote down. Um, what the fuck does that mean? Oh, LD. Lynn Doyle. That's what that means. <laughs> LD had a military background. He grew up in the area, like the Pacific Northwest, so he knew the area. And he was a logger and outdoorsman, so he knew how to be in the bush. And uh, Haley just said at one point that he was tough as fuck and could survive the jump. Mm-hmm. Haley or Marla? Haley. Okay. Um, and... On the Thanksgiving after the jump, mm-hmm. he showed up. Well, it was Thanksgiving weekend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, so he showed up for Thanksgiving, I guess. Which, by the way, this is the second thing that we've done in a row that took place on a Thanksgiving weekend. Not the real Thanksgiving, though. No, this is Thanksgiving weekend. Not the real Thanksgiving changes one. each month in America. Yeah, I'm talking about Canada's okay. Thanksgiving <laughs> the real one. Sorry. <laughs> he showed up beaten to shit. And he claimed that he was in a car accident, but it was mm-hmm. probably from jumping in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. Um, but the FBI ruled him out. Why? Didn't write why. Uh, because Marla pro- or one of his family members provided them with some DNA off of a guitar strap that he had. Oh, I did read that. Because he's a motherfucking rocker. Um, and I have a guitar strap. <laughs> <laughs> and it was discredited because of the DNA. Okay, do you have... Okay, so in total, there were 50, 15 copycat hijackings. Um, however, uh, in 72, copycat Richard McCoy did something similar and demanded half a million, but left more evidence behind and was arrested seven several days later. He escaped. I read just that part. Yeah. And I was like, this fucking guy isn't it. He left too much evidence yeah. behind, and I stopped reading and did no more research on him. Uh, <laughs> he escaped in 74 and then... Did, uh, died in an fbi shootout however um when in 71 uh, when the original hijacking took place he would have only been 29 years old oh so yeah fuck him yeah do you have john list because i want to talk about john list because he's from another thing that another story that i'm fascinated with i do where the hell is it there it is okay can I tell you about John List yep. or do you want to tell you me? You can definitely okay. tell me about him. So John List, because I mean. Oh, wait. Yeah. John List is awesome. Keep yeah. going. <laughs> I, I'm a murderino and I'm sure there's lots of murderinos out there because I mean. I've never even heard that word it's, before. It's from like a, literally a podcast cult oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, called My Favorite Murder. And they've done an episode on this. And basically any there's a couple of podcasts that focus on a murder that have done this one. And this is a famous America's Most Wanted case, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. It's it basically if you're into true crime in any shape or form, John List is someone that you know 
So John List, who is more famously known from America's Most Wanted for killing his entire family in November of 71. He was found in 1989 living with a false identity with his new wife. Uh, he killed his wife and his ch- uh, while his children were at school and when his two and when his two daughters arrived home, he murdered them as well um, before closing his bank accounts. He then watched his son's soccer game before taking his son home and killing him as well. How fucked up is he that? He placed their bodies in sleeping bags in their mansion's ballroom and then turned on some music and disappeared. Their bodies were found a month later on December 7th. I, bl- I didn't actually look this part up, but I'm pretty sure it was by one of the daughter's school teachers. Mm. Um, and this took place in New Jersey when he was found he was actually living in Virginia uh, reason to suspect him is that they the, both these events happened around the same time um, and then also John List and D.B. Cooper had a similar appear- appearance age um, and build uh, and List before he disappeared was said to have spent his last $200,000 of savings um, prior to that November. It was in his mother's savings account, Yeah, his too. mother's savings account, which was the exact amount that was requested by yeah. D.B. Cooper. Or Dan Cooper. Yeah. By the way, D.B. sounds so much cooler than Dan. Hi, I'm Dan. Or D.B. Yeah. yeah D.B. rides cooler. a motorcycle. <laughs> All the girls want fucking D.B. I want to fuck D.B. Like... <laughs> He rides a motorcycle. I'm telling you. you. I don't even want to be on the motorcycle. I'm afraid of it. You just want him for his money. That's true. $200,000. He could buy me so many dogs. Which is like $1.2 million now. Yeah. Like I said, buy me so many. He could buy me an island of dogs. No, we couldn't. And we could have two daughters. Islands are really expensive. (laughs) I'm sure we could buy one. Have to be a small island. We could buy like Goat Island and like Capuchin and put 25 dogs on it. What about the goats? There's no goats there anymore. <laughs> you could make it goats. Um, what else you got? William Gossett. Mm-hmm. Did you um, write a lot on him? Because I wrote one line. I wrote a little bit. Mm-hmm. Died in 03. Mm-hmm. <coughs> he was described as a quirky man. Quirky, quirky guy. <laughs> with a military background and had n- the necessary physical characteristics. Mm-hmm. He basically just told his kids his son several times that he was db mm-hmm. and uh his son remembers his son kirk remembers a strange trip he said going to vancouver two years after the hijacking and possibly going to a safety deposit box where the money was possibly stashed there's a lot of canada in this story for it not having anything to do with canada it's right beside canada yes <laughs> <laughs> true um lawyer gaylor cook Worked the case for two decades, submitted fingerprints to the FBI, mm-hmm. and is actually still waiting for, to see if it's a match. Nobody's told him yet. Okay. He also wants to write a book. Everyone wants to write a book. <laughs> I feel like it's just a dad being a quirky dad. Be like, oh, yeah, that's me. I'm D.B. Cooper. I can't wait to write my book about you and Chad. <laughs> about us being D.B. Cooper. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm going to sell it for $1,272 first edition on Amazon. <laughs> or you could get it for free. <laughs> <laughs> By being a Patreon subscriber. <laughs> I think that's everybody I got. Uh, do you have Jack Colfelt? 
Negative. Okay, so he's an ex-convict and government informant that claimed he was DB and tried to sell his story to Hollywood. However, the FBI reviewed his story and decided it differed significantly in details. All right. Do you have Robert Lepsey? I told you those were all the people I had. (laughs) (laughs) Does your guy wearing glasses? No? Okay. Does he have red hair? Guess who? (laughs) Yeah. We should do an episode just playing Guess Who. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So that's interesting, right? Robert Lepsey was a grocery manager and father who disappeared in 1969. His vehicle was found at the airport, um, and it is said that he fled to Mexico. yeah, so two years after the hijacking, um, family members suggested that they shared similar facial features, and in 1976, uh, Robert Lepsey was declared dead. Hmm. I think he's just in Mexico. <laughs> Robert, if you're listening, I hope that you found your little salt shaker. That's Margaritaville. <laughs> That's not Mexico. <laughs> Where is Margaritaville? Margaritaville. It's a restaurant. No, but like... Because it? it's obviously like some place that Jimmy Buffett thought was like tropical. Like what, what's the place he's singing about? Yeah. That is Margaritaville? Yeah. Because I feel like when you're just saying Margaritaville, it's just a state of mind. Uh, oh, okay. But uh, I'm sure there was a specific place. See, in my about. mind, Jimmy Buffett only writes songs. Like Jimmy Buffett is in like a random town in like Cuba or Mexico. And that's where he's escaping all of his things. And he runs a surf shop. And fucks local bitches. And <laughs> drinks a lot. I feel like the guy he's singing about. He's singing about himself in my head. Maybe. Or me. Maybe. If I were a man. I feel like he's in some shitty Midwest town. And uh, he hates his job. No, it's sunshine. It's all sunshine. You're not listening. Okay. I'm not done. Okay. And he goes to this bar. And he drinks margaritas all night and he gets shittered. And that state of mind that he gets into is Margaritaville. It's a happy, drunk state of mind. We have different versions of Margaritaville. Yeah. Okay. Let's agree to disagree. Okay. I mean, it's a song. Everybody can think of it how they want. <laughs> <laughs> um, in 78, a placard, w- or a placard? Placard. 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 Thank you. Um, with the instructions on how to lower the stairs of the plane. Um, was found in Castle Rock, north of Lake Merwin. Lake Merwin was one of the lakes that was searched thoroughly in search of DB. All right. Uh, in 2017, volunteers found decades-old par- uh, decades parachute strap in the Pacific Northwest, as well as some foam that could have been from the backpack that DB Cooper had the money in. Um, oh, <laughs> I wrote in parentheses, tell a story about forensics class. Okay, so when I was in... Do it. So, in my mind, this is the thing that came when I was reading about this. So, 2017, volunteers found some shit. And they're, like, super excited. They're like, oh, yeah, man, this is from DB. I know it. Nailed it. <laughs> so, when I was in anthropology and I had to take forensics in order to graduate, um, forensics was the coolest class ever, by the way. We got to play with real-life skeletons. It was bomb. <laughs> and that was the first clue that Katie was a serial killer. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> awkward. Um, so we had to go down to Colliery Dam Park. Mm-hmm. And we had to learn how to uh, to kind of like survey a scene and like make markings and stuff. But the yep. idea behind it was that we were gonna actually looking for garbage and pretending that it was clues and pieces for um, the bodies that we were 
pretending to find. <laughs> so okay. as we're doing it, we're all in our teams and all that because we each had our own like forensic group. Um, mine was I had a guy named Joe. That's he's literally the only guy that I remember from the group. So hi Joe, if you're listening, what's up? <laughs> I used to drive you home in my car sometimes. We'd study in the library. We had a really awkward moment once. <laughs> cool what's up tell us about the awkward moment <laughs> no <laughs> um, anyways so we were doing our surveying of the thing and all of a sudden this other guy from one of the other groups starts freaking out and gets really excited <laughs> <laughs> okay so his and he didn't want any of us to see what he found and he only wanted the teacher to see and was like super excited what a prissy little bitch so what he had found was at some point they had found some like razor blades or whatever mm-hmm and he had also found some children's underpants. <laughs> so here's the thing. We're at Colliery Dam Park. Yeah. And we had also found like a homeless person's stash of rice as well, which we left in place. Everything else. That's we were, good. It, like the idea was we we're actually picking up the garbage afterwards and like throwing it on and cleaning yeah, up the park. Yeah, I figured that was the point. Yeah. Um, so, but in his mind, he had stumbled onto something and he was. Something for real. Yeah, something for real. Whereas in reality, it was like some shit stained underpants that like some mom just didn't fucking want to deal with so yeah. she literally just <laughs> threw out <laughs> and then we're again we're in colory dam park so razor blade <laughs> yeah but that's what i think of with these people is that there's that one person that's just overly excited and just like wants to like state claim to finding something yeah. insane yeah. and well that's why all these people want to write a book yeah they don't want to be famous <laughs> it's true um so there's another theory that the alias of uh, did you get this part about the alias um, I don't think so. So that the Dan Cooper comes from a Belgian comet. Oh yes. Where Dan Cooper is a hero from the Royal Canadian Air Force. Yeah. So again, but fucking like a... Chad. <laughs> <laughs> Chad was born in like '85. <laughs> <laughs> That's why he wants you to think. <laughs> He's aging extremely I... well. Then. You know what? For being 90 years old, Chad is a very good-looking man. <laughs> It must be those Scandinavian roots. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, so anyways, whose activities included parachuting. Um, the comic was never translated to English, so one suspicion is that uh, it was someone who had traveled to Europe, like in the army or navy or whatever. But the comic was also sold in Canada. Yes. So, and the idea is that Dan Cooper was, could have also not been from America. So two theories is one, just someone not from America because they used the term, um, did I write it down? I don't know if I wrote the, the phrase. Oh yeah. Um, negotiable American currency when requesting money however a lot of people said that or the people who were there as witnesses said that there's no distinguishable accent so he could have been a canadian where the comic <laughs> was also sold like you just said boom <laughs> boom he's chad it's chad. <laughs> chad's from the pacific northwest he's scandinavian which i'm not sure what that had to do with anything now uh, because vikings age well do they I don't know. <laughs> I'm just trying to make up theories. I'm writing my book, okay? <laughs> Chad better listen to this episode at this point. <laughs> okay. I don't know if he listens to Chad told me he'd uh, listen more if we were on YouTube. on Even if it was just a slideshow. Okay. 
prefers to look at things while so, he listens. In this specific episode, we're just going to cut out the parts where we talk about him and then just take a bunch of pictures from like his Instagram <laughs> or Facebook. I assume you have him on Facebook. I uh, know. And then we're going to make a slideshow of his face of us accusing him of being D.B. <laughs> Cooper. And in the end, it's going to superimpose the, the sketch of D.B. and a picture of him in one. <laughs> so, thus proving my point. Okay. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but right before the DB1 is superimposing thing, I want it to be like the Home Alone face because he knows that we're on to him. So he's like. <laughs> this is why we need to be on camera. All these things we're doing today. By the way, when Chad comes back, he's officially going to be like our third best friend <laughs> after okay. Jordan. So like our fourth best friend. Well, he's said on multiple occasions that he wants to be a regular. Okay, cool. He's so, welcome on any time. Yeah. But I just had to demote him to fourth best friend because I forgot about Jordan. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> um, okay. Um, I think that's all I really have. Yeah. Yeah. That we did good. I like. I was super in love with this topic. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Not as much as you. Yeah. But I don't so. enjoy anything as much as you. So. <laughs> <laughs> except for cryptids yeah that's true cryptids are your thing mine are weird true crime shit yeah <laughs> i like monsters I don't um, know. jesus so should we plug some shit i mean now, yeah, that, we've now that we've made some radical accusations <laughs> yes okay uh you can find me on instagram and twitter at catalina holt k-a-t-e-l-i-n-a-h-o-l-t think of a catalina wine mixer with a k uh you can find dave on instagram at low end 1990 you can find him on twitter at dave white 1990 you can find sasquatch ate my baby twitter at sass ate my baby and you can also find us on instagram which is super bomb and you should follow it because <laughs> I run it. <laughs> and you can also follow Chad on Instagram at left underscore coast. Coast is with a K, not a C. Oh, yeah. I guess we've like talked about him enough that maybe we should plug him. Plug him. <laughs> um, He's going to do some sort of YouTube stuff, you said, right? Yeah. So let's plug that, even though I don't know if it exists. He'll have a YouTube channel under the same thing, Left Coast. Cool. I'll follow it. I mean. And uh, you can follow the band's Twitter at Obsidian Trust. Cool. And also the Instagram, which you interrupt me, is Sasquatch Ate My Baby. Oh, sorry. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook at Sasquatch Ate My Baby. Um, however, we might have to change that to make it uh, tie up with the Instagram. Wait, why? We'll talk about it later. It's, <laughs> okay. not, it's not podcast talk. It's, it's shop talk. All right. I just want to compliment you on killing it on Instagram. Thanks. Well done. I appreciate it. Love it. <laughs> I love Instagram. I like Instagram. All right, bye, friends.